Hello! Thank you for coming to this video today, guys. I really appreciate it. This is the Cardano Aura episode number six. Um, this is Cardano's Use and Utility podcast, uh, where we bring over the people that uh, are adding value to Cardano. And um, I've always been interested in this. I've heard uh, Charles talk about Rena all the way back since 2017. Um, so what is Rena, real quick, before we go into this video? So Rena is essentially... Um, a new way to do the internet, right? And that's why this is a bit technical. You know, a lot of you guys maybe don't even know. Um, I think the best way to understand really um, the differences is to know more about um, the way the internet works today, right? We have TCP, IP, um, and it's really just, we have addresses, you know, and this is a very basic overview, but you have an address to an address, and uh, that leaves a lot of vulnerabilities for hacking, um, it's just there's a lot of issues with the current. It's, there's, there's some issues with scalability, um, and because of the hacking, there's some issues with cost. Uh, there's a lot of issues with uh, TCP IP, and um, if you follow it all the way back to 2017, uh, when Cardano was really announced by Charles, he said that, um, i got a quote here for you. Uh, so he announces plans to adopt Rena as a future-proof and scalable foundation to support the networking needs of Cardano. So, I mean, that shows some validity to this, you know, because Cardano is really all about scalability. You know, that's one of the key features that uh, we're looking for to beat Ethereum is, is not only uh, scalability, but also kind of like a, a scientific approach, right? So, um, to me, Rena is Cardano in the sense that it's it's a return to science, right? So, let me read another quote um, from actually a university, and that's where I, I drive this from, is uh, Rena is a return to the fundamentals of networking architecture based on strong and variant design principles and a rigorous and scientific approach to cause and effect, right? It, it uses a recursive method um, instead of the method that's used currently with the internet. And um, I, this, as you can see, I, I did a little bit of research before doing this interview, but um, not as much as I, I, I should have. Um, I, will, I will work on that in the future because this is a really complex topic, and um, as an interviewer, I should have been more prepared to really uh, kind of dive deeper into the important parts, but I hope you guys enjoy this interview. It is pretty complex. Um, uh, it, I had a great time, and thank you, Gary, for coming on. Uh, also, if you guys want to support the channel, um, the vote was actually delayed uh, for the proposals, and that vote was actually delayed another month, so just stay tuned for information on how to vote yes for this podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, there'll be another one coming next week, as always. Uh, also, Delegating to Bloom 3, my staple, also supports this channel and this podcast. Um, I would really appreciate that. Um, and also, uh, I have decided that if we do get voted in for the podcast, um, I won't do any ads on on these podcast videos. Um, I just, I don't know, it feels right, you know, if you're paying me to do the podcast, it'll be completely ad-free uh, just for you guys to watch, so uh, I'm looking forward to that, you know. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and thanks again, uh, Gary, for coming on. So I'm going to add the intro in myself, so I just click start, but um, but thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, Gary. I'm excited to learn more um, about Rena uh, and really more about yourself, so how are you doing today? Oh, well, it's uh, 5 o'clock in the morning in Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> Um, just getting started um, yeah bushy tailed um okinawa is traditionally like a a very touristy place but with all the uh travel restrictions nowadays uh, it's kind of our own little island so it's our own little secret (laughs) yeah it's a lot it's a lot different now isn't it with all the uh the restrictions so like kind of like a 
streets are empty. Yeah, I, I actually moved to a big city um, during the pandemic for school. Um, and then obviously the school got canceled. So all the people, all the local people, like they look at my experience moving here uh, just as a crazy experience because they've lived here their whole lives and, and kind of seen the city popping, you know, and then I move here and it's empty and this is the only way I've ever seen it, you know, so that must be interesting. And uh, Cardano, I guess, started in Osaka, didn't it? Uh, up in the mainland. I know that with Jeremy and Charles. Right? Mm-hmm. So I've heard. Yeah, I've, just, al- uh, I've always wanted to visit there. For a quick flight away. Quick flight and um, some some vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they're not uh, they're not too strict on that here in Japan. Really? Yeah, we wrote their constitution. General General Douglas MacArthur wrote <laughs> the Japanese constitution. That was right after World War Two, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, to introduce myself, I'm, um, I, I originally was in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, as a lot of us here, we have a, a community of expats, you would say. A lot of them work with the military that are still here in Japan. And a lot of us, we, we don't have any affiliation with the military at all. I'm the technical director of GLBB Japan which is a um, communication service provider nationwide in Japan. Uh, We even have sites in Los Angeles. Uh, So we're we're an NTT partner. We're a SoftBank partner, a KDDI partner. So, you know, in the communications reality, we all sort of use each other uh, to get fiber or path to you know, uh, provide our services to customers, which is direct internet access. We call it DIA uh, or Ethernet services or wave services, which is dense wave division multiplexing and uh, neat stuff like that. And um, we can pretty much uh, take you on a circuit anywhere throughout Japan. Or, or sometimes like we bring some of our customers, our cable TV companies and we bring their internet or not their internet their their tv feed from the u.s uh in into japan so it's uh it's a pretty diverse customer base that we have from the individual user at home um and we actually offer direct fiber to their house so that's one gig up one gig down not on passive optical networking but on on dark fiber, you would say. On our website, we call it F-Express. And we're uh, very... So I, I, I was in the Marines, and then I, um, I got out, and I focused on network engineering my entire career. I actually sold the first 10 gigabit Ethernet uh, port in the world with, with uh, our, our partner in Japan, but I was the only one from my company on the ground involved and engaged uh, to do it. We sold... Uh, it was 80 10 gigabit Ethernet ports for uh, $60,000 each to NTT. What year was that? Uh, 2003. Really? Yeah. See, I'm not even up to a gigabyte yet here, so someday. <laughs> so I, I'm used to uh, being on the cutting edge or the bleeding edge of technology. Um, uh, one good example is is we sell 
uh, services nowadays. A traditional ISP will sell MPLS. So if you look at all the if you look at all the carriers that have been entrenched in this space, they keep trying to break out their MPLS blade to solve problems. Their Swiss Army knife always has the MPLS blade, uh, and we don't use MPLS ourselves. We use VXLAN, uh, which is just another uh, overlay. Uh, MPLS is sort of an underlay, and then. We use another overlay, VXLAN. And, and at first, everyone says, well, where's your MPLS? We said, we don't have it. And all these RFPs would come out, and, and um, they'd say, but you guys are cheaper. And we say, yes, because it's VXLAN, <laughs> and the equipment is cheaper. And that's the point. So uh, more commodity. Uh, follow the trend, and the, the price goes down. And it was the data centers. Inside the data centers was doing the VXLAN. And the VXLAN is basically solving a lot of the problems with bringing layer two over the internet. So you can connect point to point your offices, sort of think of like a VPN. Um, and there's even standards for it. They call it the Metro Ethernet Forum. They have standards that you have to pass for these types of services, which could be, uh, basically E-Line, uh, they call it, which is point to point overlay. Uh, to offer a virtual Ethernet circuit point-to-point, -point, or it could be point-to-multipoint as well. And these are the, some of the most popular services in all of, of computing right now is either, uh, in internetworking is either wave services where I can get just a physical wavelength from, let's say, here to Los Angeles, Tokyo to Los Angeles. And uh, the other one is the virtualized Ethernet overlay services. And then finally, you have the direct internet access. And, and yeah, sure, there's a lot more of those customers, but it doesn't make as much money nowadays as, as using that same network and writing it as an overlay and selling point-to-point -point, uh, yeah. ethernet services. So um, I understand the, the, the complexities that we face in networking today. Uh, we we, we uh, have some of the most premier customers in the world on our network, actually. Uh, so we can't go down. And so because of that, the board of directors had assigned me and said, well, Gary, think outside the box. Uh, what are we going to do in case of a disaster for business continuity? And it's a big thing because as we would go to our, our carrier partners, think uh, the big ones, and I don't want to mention them, <laughs> uh, but the, they would always come and they'd say, okay, this is all great. We love your proposal. But before we sign the contract, where is your business continuity plan? Uh, and it's great, and we like it, and we work on it, but we always think it's kind of vanilla. It really doesn't stick out there because I'm backing up the Internet with the Internet. It really doesn't make sense. Uh, I can tell you about one time we had a problem where our Internet core routers were crashing from a certain vendor. And it, it was coincidentally, my entire team was at a party on a remote island. And I said, no, I'm going to stay back to handle the network in case anything happens. And sure enough, the core router started crashing. And the vendor had told us about this problem maybe two months before. And we were just being lazy bones, and we didn't upgrade. And as soon as it started happening, I kind of knew it. I said, oh, I got to run to the data center and start these upgrades immediately. <laughs> um, so the Internet has a lot of problems with security and manageability so 
it doesn't make sense if I were to back up that network with the same network that would crash by a certain crafted packet, which was causing the crashes. So thinking outside the box, we started looking at Arena, and, and we feel, you know, it's stuck in academia, which is perfect for us. Um, we love, like I said, our first 10 gigabit Ethernet port in the world. Um, we, at that time, we were using MSA, Manufacturer Support Agreement Optics. They were like this big squares. Uh, not not the, the little, small, little, small form fact, factor pluggable optics we use today, but I mean, these were... Um, huge optics. Yeah, I couldn't imagine optics. seeing something that large to get internet. <laughs> yeah, it was still like the floppy disk of of the day. Well, at that mm. time, the my customers here in Japan, they were um, experiencing uh, bottlenecks with gigabit. Uh, the customers had outgrown gigabit, and the 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 only choice was to get higher speeds. So they went to ten gigabit Ethernet. Interesting enough, what you'll find is, um, well, I, I don't want to go too far into optical networking uh, before talking about RENA, but um, well, let's talk about the challenges with RENA first and how that's going to meld with traditional telecom or traditional telco. So what we have is we have uh, currently today, we have two networks. We have one network where we're selling it. Another network that manages that network, we call that one the OOB, the out-of-band network, which is really nothing more than a BCN, a business continuity network. So um, if there's, you know, we don't manage the devices in line. We don't allow anyone to, to manage the devices in line because that's where the hackers are, right? So the security model for a, a carrier today is to do that. Uh, you'll even... Uh, note that level three, for example, they bought many companies uh, throughout their history, uh, like GTT, who just got bought for $2.15 billion. But, um, you know, these, these companies get this complexity, and the next thing you know, they have three networks. And those three networks come with three out-of-band networks uh, in many cases. And a lot of the vendors, or, or shall we say the carriers, for their out-of-band network, they simply take their older equipment that is full of security vulnerabilities and never will be supported to fix any bug, and they put that and they say, that's going to be the out-of-band network because uh, that's what the accountants want. Uh, in the service provider space, it's all about RGUs, revenue-generating units, and the business continuity network makes no money. The, B <laughs> the OOB makes no money. It's just sitting there taking up, um, you know, a... a, a of 30 to, I'd say 10% to 30% of my capacity is spent in and out of the data centers. Um, uh, the, so we're in like NTT central offices or, you know, uh, SoftBank data centers or KDDI data centers or um, uh, even uh, uh, different independent data centers all throughout Japan, wherever we can get space and wherever we can get fiber, even like municipalities will get together and they'll form like they call it a kumiai in Japan, where they all get their 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 taxpayer money and say we're, the taxpayers need fiber, and they'll put in a dark fiber ring uh, around their min municipality uh, so that the service providers can come in and offer very cheap 
uh, internet, high-speed internet, m mainly focused at, at their businesses. Uh, for example, here in Okinawa as well, the Okinawa Prefecture and many other prefectures in Japan invest into the fiber. They even uh, tap into submarine cables that pass by the island. And, and um, you know, there was one that was called the ASE cable, Asia Southeast Express cable, and it bypassed right by the south of the island. And it went to Singapore, Philippines, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. And uh, the prefecture paid and tapped into the fiber. And we used that fiber. We were the first to get to Hong Kong with it. We were the first to get to Tokyo with it. And now we're actually contemplating getting to Singapore with it. So, um, and all of that requires a, a business continuity network, right? When I lose, when I lose a link, I need to be able, to, when I, when I, you know, so, uh, not just lose a link. Uh, we had one piece of equipment that would brick, uh, would literally, uh, nothing, no packets could forward in line. And this is quite common, actually, if you read the release notes of a lot of vendors, even on the white boxes, uh, something could happen, right? And the box could brick, but conveniently the serial port is working or the, um, the out-of-band management port is working, right? So the challenge we're faced here now is, is, is we want to use RENA to build this business continuity network uh, because we want to make money from it now. The reason we have the, the OOB network is because of all the security vulnerabilities in existing internet. The, whereas Rena is way more secure, so we feel we can do all sorts of, of business continuity-related things on the business continuity network. And one of the things that attracted us the most about the Cardano use case is Oros Boros Kronos. And this is the first time we've said this, isn't it? Uh, so yeah. it, it, it does time, right? So it's, it does time. Uh, in all of our data centers, nobody wants us to poke a hole through the roof and put a GPS uh, receiver. Nobody. Uh, so we actually find different places throughout our network where we can poke holes through the roof and put GPS receivers. Um, uh, when I worked for um, a large... So one uh, thing real quick, um, for people yes. that, that aren't educated on Ouroboros Kronos, can you do like a little quick, uh, what is that and why that is interesting to you and, and what... Yeah, so, or, so um, you know, we're not, I'm not such an expert at, at uh, how Cardano works, but Ouroboros Kronos, uh, Ouroboros is very dependent on time, right? It's all about time slot. So with Ouroboros Kronos, what they figured out how to do, and I, um, in the, the white paper, I forget the, the gentleman's name. I don't want to murder it. Uh, I'm sure you know it, maybe. The guy that wrote the white paper on Ouroboros Kronos. And it's so attractive because it, it it's a consensus of time. Yeah. So I've just never, I've never thought this. about it that way, but yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. So it's a, it's a beautiful consensus of time. So the problem we have in time today, well, sure, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> when I start talking about time, uh, I, I started the first problem of time. And the first problem of time is that the grandfather clock, the, the pendulum is supposed to be one meter, but it's not. It's shorter than one meter, meaning we've compromised time. 
Congratulations, human beings. And the reason we compromise time is because we use the... I've talked to Charles about this, too, when I met him in Hong Kong. I think I talked to him about it as well when I met him at the Ada launch. But... um. Uh, no, I didn't talk to him about it at the Ada launch. I talked to him about it in Hong Kong. But, um, you know, we use a version of time. That's a, uh, it's an observation effect uh, version of pi, 3.14159. And a bunch of numbers that never repeat is supposed to be an attribute of a circle, right? So, so, so then Archimedes, what Archimedes did was he said, well, I'm going to take seven platonic solids that have 22 sides. I'm going to say 22 divided by seven is pi, which is 3.142. Uh, one four two eight five seven one four two eight five seven one four two eight five seven, and then um, then we actually have the real version of pi, I would call it, which nobody ever talks about, which is the square root of two divided by point forty five, or the square root of eight hundred divided by eighty one. Notice there's two formulas, and it's smack dab in between uh, observation effect pi and Archimedes pi, um, and nobody talks about it. But perhaps you know the grandfather clock would be. Uh, one meter pendulum. What's, why, what am I talking about? I'm talking about even consensus of pi, which is used to calculate time. Uh, time is nothing but consensus. And, and right now we have like master clocks, and we're all talking about decentralization. So I think the Ouroboros Kronos is a key piece to decentralization. And um, a, a very good use case for a business continuity network to have this you know, and, and, and in a, let's think about it in an arena use case, right? I can say, oh, let's have the consensus of time uh, based on um, on this version of pi. And then I'll have one based on this version of pi. And I'll have one based on this version of pi. And let's just put all those three in the consensus and see who's more correct. Um, you know, it, it might not be important, you would think, but uh, that's an error at the third decimal place. And in quantum physics... <laughs> What, you got to go 20 decimal places? And, and the quantum computing, uh, you know, quantum supremacy uh, and quantum computing, the number one growing, uh, or I'm not sure if it's growing anymore, but it was growing, was error correction. I mean, there was a lot of folks focused on correcting the errors in quantum physics. Well, do you think if perhaps, maybe, if maybe, <laughs> the only... The just wanted to say thank you to our sponsors of the Cardano Aura podcast, uh, Alien Stake Pool. You can see their image right here. Thank you, Alien Stake Pool, for sponsoring the Cardano Aura episode six. It means a lot. Thank you so much. It's too perfect. How can you form a circle out of squares? It's infinity. And then you'll go on the internet and they'll say squaring the circle is conspiracy. I don't know. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> Time, right? It's yeah. just back to time. Consensus. See, I don't even have consensus with the rest of the world on time. That's an important thing. Instead of grabbing it from the satellites that grab it from the master clocks, and I have three master clocks, uh, what is it really? What's the real consensus on time? And I think that finally uh, Cardano is tackling this. And I've thought about it. I mean, I can't tell you how many lunches I've had with friends and engineers talking about time consensus. You know, getting telemetry from something besides a GPS. We could put radio tel radio telescopes can provide telemetry into that. You know, uh, so I, I think that time, that as we know it, is is um, is going to improve. You know, <laughs> I would say timing, and it needs to for things to scale.
I think Cardano's fast, but I think it can be more precise and faster, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and there's other use cases. So <clears throat> we're not just after Cardano, right? We're after cryptocurrency. Um, so it's much more secure. Let's say you're, let's say you're poor Vertcoin, for example, you know, really solid coin that gets 51% attacked. So nobody wants anything to do with it, right? So imagine them having a secure internet. And um, it, I'm not sure if you're aware of all the advantages of Reno over the existing internet, but uh, all communications is inter-process communications is what John Day and his, his era had originally started uh, to come up with the internet, but they compromised and they started to manage his addresses as if though knowing where you are was the most important thing to them and not who you're talking, not the ability for you to talk. But knowing where you are and how to get to you so that everyone could get to you. So that meant if your blender um, was in your house on the Internet, uh, it had a well-known port. And so everyone knew how to remote control your blender by default because they would assign a, a well-known port to it. Yeah, It made no sense because you don't care about addresses, do you, Peyton? Do you care about your IP address? It's not mm. important. So ARENA allows us to manage things by taxonomy. And here's another gem we'll throw out here. Um, so in ARENA, we look at it and we can... Uh, so John Day missed this in his book. I don't know. He, he, uh, he's quite a genius. He's very smart. Very, very smart man. As a matter of fact, a lot of us in the networking community, one of our respect, most respected folks uh, in the North American Network Operators Group is actually in Japan. He works for a company called IIJ. He's one of their lead scientists, internet scientists, Randy Bush. And, and he really respects John Day. Uh, but these craftsmen have, have, we've gone way far on this TCP IP uh, experiment. And what John missed, I think, uh, was the application of taxonomy to Rena. And so if we look at it like that, think about it like this. Think about um, a taxa and a taxon. So what is a taxa? Or shall we say, what are taxa? So taxa are the plural form of taxon. There's no such thing as taxons. There's taxa. <laughs> and a taxon is a singular form. So now let's think about this, right? So, if, uh, you know, a, a phone is to you could be a taxa, but it, it, I mean, a, a, a taxon, right? An individual phone, right? It could be a, a taxon, but in a way, it's a taxa of phones, and it's also a, a lot of taxon are within it, the build of, of materials. <laughs> that go in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a recursive naming. And with Rena, we could just follow this naming to get to the closest Cardano. So, uh, for example, the staking nodes will not need relays in a native Cardano network because nobody knows your IP address. As a matter of fact, in Rena, uh, in, in a native Cardano Rena network, point-to-point -point communications in Rena does not require addresses. They're not even required. 
even in IP, a lot of people don't know this, but when I go to IP router, I don't require an IP address on every router. Just one one I, I one IP address, and then I can go uh, that that this IP. So address so is how does out. that work? Like how can you IP have address. like no like how can you have um, just a network without having individual points on the network? You know like how to me that just I don't know individual points. Um, like, cause like, for example, like you said, relays, right. And just using the Cardano network, you have different relays and the way you connect to other relays without peer to peer is just putting the IP address. So are you essentially just connecting a little bit there? So what I'm saying is if Cardano were on a native Rena network, right. Uh, there's no need for a, a relay. The only reason you have relays is to protect it from the well-known vulnerabilities. So, uh, for example, a relay is listening on TCP port 3001, which is Mm -hmm. your wallet is connecting to. But when the relay talks to the staking node, it's it's TCP port 3000 now, isn't it? So (laughs) you're protecting. It's it's nothing more than a tool to diffuse illegitimate traffic. And in a Rena network, everyone would enroll into the network. Everyone enrolls. So basically, Cardano would say, okay, well, here's the policy. Uh, we want this to be the policy of our, of our distributed application, of our DAP, right? So the DAP would have the policy and say, look, if you're not enrolled with us, you're not talking. Just shut up. You're not, you're not going to enroll. And that's in our, they call it the, the diff, the di- distributed uh, IPC facility, right? Decentralized. So if I wanted, let's say I had a, a diff called Cardano and I wanted to, you know, I fire up my wallet. And right now they have uh, certain nodes, they have seeds there for you to go to, right? Uh, for every wallet, they, they, they seed to a list of IP addresses that are there. But if it were native Rena, which is, is not going to happen anytime soon because they coexist so beautifully. But if it were native Rena, uh, it would just say, where's Cardano? <laughs> and, and that's the taxa, right? The car- where's my Cardano? And that would be the taxa. And then the taxon uh, would be the closest one to you. So, you know, it would simply be like that. And it would go to the very closest one. And it could, you could set it differently. That's all in your routing algorithm and your policy. But basically, yeah. the mechanism's always the same. The mechanism never changes in Rena. And the policy changes. So the API is exactly the same. And that's why we're not afraid to develop with Rena right now, because everyone says, well, this belongs in the academic space. But the academics just drag their feet forever. Uh, it's the business space. When we start to sell this is when it'll be adopted, right? Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have friends that own networking companies like Lee Chen, the president of A10 Networks. Uh, he's not going to move on this. Uh, Juniper, you know, these, these companies are not going to move until they see the money. Uh, and sure, they're all, hey, we're developing it. But if you look at Rena, it's, what's happening is you have like uh, Tria Networks, you know, and Every time you talk to it with Charles, he's like, talk to those guys, those experts over there, those Rena experts over there. 
and we say, what do you mean this appeal to authority? What happened to good old decentralization? So uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these guys have no idea how to build a network. They, they know how to go to school, but they don't know how to build a network. So they don't know how when, uh, dense wave division multiplexing works. Let's use that one as an example. So I, I promised you during this conversation that I would bring Rena into traditional telco. Um, if you actually listen to a lot of John Day's podcasts, he's saying this without saying it. it's very exciting. But Rena is actually um, it's 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 sort of a pseudo. It, it reconciles the packet switched with the circuit switched world, or it actually can. So. It, there is no maximum transmission unit uh, for Rena. So if you can imagine if somehow if I had, I don't know, let's say I had uh, 80 light paths, 80 different wavelengths between node A and B. And each wavelength I can do 25 gig. Uh, you don't want to do uh, pretty much, you don't want to do faster than that because uh, we're talking about the nanometers of the of the wave and the oscillations of the wave. So really, 25 gig is about the best you're going to do nowadays without going to coherent optics. Coherent optics simply means they put a DSP, a digital signal processor, into the optic to make sense of the signal, right? So let's say I have 80 25 gig waves available to me from point A to point Z, which could be, you know transponded across the ocean. Um, so that's a lot of power, right? With Rena, it could say, well, yeah. you know, hey, this, let's just create this as a flow. Let's just, uh, let's just make this one flow, one large flow without frames. Just one stream. So the, the packet just becomes one large, long flow without the individual... Uh, frames. So you got to imagine with Ethernet, for example, uh, the, the, the largest I've seen a vendor roll out Ethernet frame is, um, I think, Planet Technologies out of Taiwan. I saw like 10,150 bytes for the frame size. But if you look at like extreme networks and things like that, it's like uh, 9,600 bytes of of frame size and then the normal ethernet on your pc is 1500 bytes so every 1500 bytes you're spitting out the frame that's you know you're spitting out the frame header and most of your packets are 64 bytes well of that 64 bytes 18 of them are frame header so it's like a tax on every single packet and rena has a a beautiful solution for that which means there's really no maximum transmission unit um uh, defined when the, when a process talks to a process, he could say, "Open it up, <laughs> just stream those bits." <laughs> um, and everyone says, "Well, what's the advantage with latency?" Well, you do the math. You know, the, the, those bits are encoded in bit times, back to time, huh? And, and we're doing exciting things nationwide in Japan right now uh, with these types of services, traditionally wave services, so we can transpond a wave. Uh, anywhere. So what does transponding a wave mean? It means like, uh, like I'll drop 25 gig to your house, Peyton, um, there on in Ohio. And then we'll take, <laughs> and, and, and we'll, uh, 
it will take you at a, at a 1,310 nanometer wavelength to your house, right? Usually to your house, they're going to do passive optical networking, right? So that'll be one wavelength up and one wavelength down. But we're, gonna, we're not going to use that example. We'll just say, okay, 1310 nanometers from your house. As soon as it gets to the first uh, station, your first telco station, Cincinnati Telephone, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, one of the guys who works for me used to work for Cincinnati Bell. And uh, we just transponded at that time into the, we call it the C-band. The C-band is the one that's, um, that uses erbium-doped fiber amplifiers, EDFAs. And, and we transpond that wavelength into a channel. And then we take it to the next station. We, tra we transpond it to a different channel. So what's a transponder? It takes an optical signal, makes it electrical again, and then sends it out as a new optical signal, regenerated and everything, right? Uh, so this, this technology is very popular in the telco space. And I, I could see, uh, uh, we, we're seeing some, we're whiteboarding many uh, ideas of how to implement RENA uh, very creatively all the way down to wavelength services. Uh, we've done video tests with Rena, uh, frames per second. You know, you can think about it without the framing. Uh, or shall we say, you could get rid of the framing altogether, or you can have big, much larger frames than, than 9,600 or, or 1,500 bytes. So See, that's what I, I assumed that you wouldn't get rid of it. You would just increase the, uh, the amount. Exactly. And, and IP, IP works, Ethernet, so we're not going to get rid of Ethernet. Here's one thing I want to make sure I say. We're not going to get rid of Ethernet. And, and, and this proposal that, we put, that we're putting forth, we're not saying it, it's tongue-in-cheek. But there's no way they're gonna, Cardano's going to meet the de deadline. We'll, we'll meet our deadline. <laughs> we'll go as far as we can. So right now, Cardano goes over IP, right? So if their software is the way it is today, then we'll take it IP... Cardano over IP, over Ethernet, over Rena. If they were to say, okay, well, we can do it right over Rena, over Ethernet, then we'll take it that way too, and we'll do the Ethernet shim. But really, there's no equipment out today uh, that, that doesn't do Ethernet. Ethernet is everywhere. Uh, to, to actually do away with Ethernet and go straight Rena, um, that goal won't be achieved. It, will, it won't be direct oral sporos over Rena, it'll be over Ethernet, over Rena, and we've, we're kind of coming to terms with that right now. But as the development continues, that's the goal: is to get rid of Ethernet. So, is the incentive structure there? Like you mentioned, that these other people just aren't interested in it because there's no money there. Um, do you think oh, in no. the future, like when you guys build the essentially the infrastructure for it and figure it all out, the incentives will be there for these other companies to? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So uh, low latency trading. That's the biggest one right there. Yeah, right there. I, 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 I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all, all my business is point to point circuits. You know, I, I can't tell you the customers I've got on my network. But they're, when I, if, if I start telling you who they are, you're like, wow, those are like famous companies. They all want point to point circuits. They want those wavelength services. They want, um, they want those Ethernet point to point services. And there's many ways that we offer those today. VXLAN, Q&Q, there's all sorts of overlays, MPLS, VPLS. Um, there's all sorts of overlay uh, schemes and fabrics. Ethernet over Ethernet, uh, shortest path bridging, Mac in Mac. 
that's what that one's called, right? We use that. We use all of those technologies. We have to today. And it really consolidates all of those VPN technologies into one with Rena. And I think that's the big sell is the point to point circuits, especially the low latency ones, because the traders want what? And, and arbitrage, think about Oros Boros Kronos um, maintaining time. If I can somehow extract time from Cardano into my network so that my network doesn't just rely on the GPSs and it, it can rely on a, a more of a consensus-based time, uh, the, the huge impact that that would have uh, for, you know, networks, low latency networks, I can actually determine what, what the heck is going on um, with the packets, right? So we, right now we use a lot of different streaming telemetry techniques, but nothing is really so accurate from point to point um, because time is always off. Even, you know, even people will say the GPS, oh, GPS is always on. You'll see, oh, it looks like it turned perfectly. But no, it's, it's off. <laughs> there's, always, there's always some issue there, especially like a network device that has to deal with all these security issues and its CPU is just a little high. So by the time you get the time, it's always just a little off, especially at the logging server. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what advantages do you have using um, over Ethernet, over Rena versus the obviously the best case scenario where everything's just Rena. What advantages do you have using that hybrid model? Oh, so this is just, uh, so a lot of people say, well, what are the advantages? What are the advantages? You know, I'm, we're going to, our advantage first of all, is, is just traditional hardcore telco. Everyone else is sitting out there using the cloud. I'm being the core of the internet. I mean, look, those, uh, I bring you to the cloud, right? Hmm. I'll, be be, I'll be before that. I'll be before you. I'll be in the core of the internet on waves talking to the core of the internet right at the internet core routers with our use case. All it is is a use case. So that's a pretty good advantage right there. Now, Rena itself, uh, uh, Ouroboros over Rena itself, um, I, I just think it'll just really enjoy that environment if I have to use it over IP. Once they strip away IP, oh, it'll blow away everything else. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Everyone else is sitting on gig servers on Amazon or Vulture or Google or wherever they're at, Azure, you know, or at home. And uh, they're using IP headers with every packet. Well, let's just take that away. That's time. That's all time. As, as far as advantage, um, stability is the only advantage I would see with Cardano. I don't think the speed that I'm talking about being in the core of the internet, but being there is going to give um, this pool a, a really good use case that I would hope the goal would be for it to be uh, just as good, if not better, than uh, any of its peers. Uh, that is victory, right? Because it's all about scalability. It's not about, oh, who can I beat? Mm -hmm. It's about... <laughs> It's, it's about how can we all build something that lasts without having all these craftsmen in between that are not necessary. Um, I mean, if you see what my guys do and they spend their days doing uh, for things that are, would be so easy in Rena, it's pathetic. In Rena, it would be just enroll. 
nowadays we we have a whole procedure we have to go through uh, just to get them enrolled so do you think that these decentralized networks that we're building uh, in terms of transactions per second do you think that we're going to release or reach limits with uh tcp oh yeah oh definitely um it's all centralized so i call it uh in japan the 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 term is Sankin Kotai, and that's where the emperor, the shogun, not the emperor, but the shogun made all the generals report to Tokyo <laughs> so that he could train them and then send them back to their local prefectures. Um, of course, keep their family there as, as ransom. So that's what's happening uh, in today's Internet. If, if you're, uh, for example, in Japan, if you're in Okinawa, and you want to talk to your next door neighbor and he's on SoftBank, you have to go through Tokyo. Uh, it's really centralized. The existing internet today is centralized. TCP uh, as it was the only congestion control mechanism that they put out there. And when they did it, they knew it was just basically putting the problem off. And now with the, the denial of service attacks, um, the Internet of Things. So imagine the Internet of Things getting a vulnerability where all of a sudden now you're getting blasted by, by common uh, household appliances. You know, so uh, we've got to take action. We, there's no reason. Imagine if you just quit telling everyone your your address and just said, "Look, man, you know, um, it's like when we interacted for this podcast. You said, here's my name.'" Boom, connect to me on Discord, right? Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with any address there. Uh, I don't need to know your address to, to have this conversation. It's not important. Uh, but that's all the internet is about today. All routing is to addresses. And then when I'm done creating the routing table, I still don't know who anybody is. I need to ask somebody else, hey, who is, how do I get to this name? Um, so we need to build directories, and the, uh, those directories need to be taxonomic and scalable, and we need to connect locally. Um, and, and people say, well, oh, but we'll lose control. Actually, not really. You know, if I were, you know, I, don't get me wrong when I say this, uh, but, you know, if I were a dictator in some country, I would love Rena because it would be like, okay, you get this diff and this is the policy. And you get this diff, and this is the policy. And, and as somebody in a freer world, I, I love it too, because if somebody's behind a dictator, if he won't let him talk about this or that or this or that, do I just not want to talk to him? No. If they want to talk about dance, let's talk about dance, right? Let, let's dance. <laughs> you know, let, let, us, let us communicate. You know, and, and um, in my career, I've had people say, oh, that we're communicators and say, oh, we're not important. You know, we're not like doctors. Yeah. Well, doctors like to talk to each other, you know. <laughs> so that, I, that's the exciting part. And that's the exciting part about RENA because it allows all these different policies to exist. It's a real Internet where, where any group can have their policy. Yeah. And so, it's respected. So as far as your proposal, um, how much are you asking for? And um, what will what will get done with that? Oh, that's a good one. So personally, um, personally, we're we're going to fund it regardless, right? So uh, basically, we have 
uh, $20,000 US about that I've already ordered, which some Dell PowerEdge servers, 640s, and some, some optics, um, cables, and then uh, the, our company's going to donate the rack space and everything like that. Yeah. So really, um, the, the real honest to goodness reason to get any money uh, from the fund is to stick in the end of the use case, the pool, right? <laughs> uh, so that it, we can pledge the money, right? And, and have the pool. Another, another thing we're, we're seriously considering uh, is bounties. So when we get the money, uh, so since our company would hopefully uh, pick up the cost of all the equipment and stuff, to do the, the testing, the use case proof uh, of concept on on um, Rena, mm-hmm. we would hope that we could pay bounties and say even back to IOG, IOG themselves and say, okay, okay, look, we've got you know IP over Rena working. Do you think maybe we can go on some testnet code on an ITN and uh, spin up another test, spin up a testnet node and, and start to get there? Uh, over Ethernet, and then I, ha- I have great relationships with manufacturers, and and you think maybe we could build some sort of transponders, some transceivers um, that have you know Rena on it, and and maybe we don't have to frame anything in Ethernet. Maybe we can um, maybe we can we can just use DTP framing, data transfer protocol, is what Rena uses. Uh, that's the ultimate goal and pay bounties for that. Uh, a lot of companies uh, for development nowadays, they're not going to develop anything until they see the money. So that, that would be another goal of ours. So we, it, yeah, we're asking for the cost of what it, the hardware would cost had we not done it. But the reality of it is uh, we hope to put that money into the actual pool so we can pledge it right back and then uh, use all the proceeds to keep, talking to manufacturers and developers uh, to get us closer and closer to the ultimate goal, which is Ouroboros straight over Rena without Ethernet or any other framing protocol in between. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, where would you recommend people to go to learn more about Rena? Rena, oh, to learn more about Rena. Yeah, just to, yeah, that's the the Posen Society. Because say this I, is their funny. introduction, this is their first time ever hearing it, and they're really interested yeah, in this yeah. stuff, and they love hearing about the bleeding edge. Where would they go? Yeah, there's only one place. There's only one place, and uh, I'm texting it right there to you. Cool. Yep, I'll include that in the description down below. Yep. There's only one place, and then of course we're Rena, uh, our we're Rena user group ourselves. For our website and we have a youtube channel and we're going to keep reaching out uh we're excited about networking most of the people in our group are have no affiliation with cardano no don't even own one ada mm-hmm. this is way more exciting than just cardano cardano offers uh, like a leg to the stool when i like i was talking about Ouroboros promise yeah um but we're really our heads are down and we're going to develop rena regardless um and and Charles, we know Charles is in love from from common sense roots. Yep. Oh, you cut out there for a second. You said you know Charles is what? He he's really um, he's really pro Rena. It's one of the things he wants. Uh, at the Ada launch in Tokyo, it was on his slide. I want Rena. 
you know, so we hope to, to appeal to, um, you know, the pioneer spirit here. You can't just keep things in academia. What's happening is, is like TRIA networks and stuff. They're, they're, they're trying to take it into the commercial side and they're keeping things secret. Whereas our plan, uh, we, we're, we have a, a GitHub repository and we've already developed a lot of code privately. But once we test it and start to deploy it, we will publish it and make it completely open source. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people will like that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I just um, I, I've always had the pioneer spirit, so the, this is really my first introduction to it, and yeah, I'm definitely going to dive in and learn more about it. Um, but we are running out of time. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we log out of here? No, I could talk all day about you know the how excited we are about Rena, and uh, and, and there's always more podcasts. Uh, I especially with um with what you guys are doing, I would love to hear hear you come on and. And um, tell me how it goes, and specifically getting the stake pool on Rena, and especially if there's some sort of Rena test net that's going on, and and you do have that bounty for that, that'd be awesome. I'd love to hear more information about that. Yes, we'll post that on our website. Cool. Rena user group. Yeah, well, um, yeah, all those links that you sent me, I will include in the description down below. And I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time and coming on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and also if, if the uh, proposal doesn't get through, I would say try again, because this is only fund two. Um, I think there's only like uh, 2.5 million ADA in the first fund. There's not much money in that first fund. So I think a lot of them won't get through. Yeah. We don't think we can fail. Uh, you know, it, it, we're going to do arena and a lot of people are going to want it. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the Cardano community is going to, uh, see some success in, in yeah. And we're going to do a poll regardless. They'll see some success. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I see what you mean. And that's why, um, I, I could see how the community would believe in this. And that's why I would say, and, um, maybe you should go for an alternate fund if this one doesn't get through, you know, but okay. Yeah. Thanks Peyton. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Um, well, thank you guys for tuning in this video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a like and a comment down below. Um, also be in the uh, discord server after this is uploaded. So feel free to come by, but, um, I hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Goodbye. I hope you guys enjoyed the Cardano Aura episode six. If you made it to the end of this video, uh, please type number six. Uh, Let's keep it going in the comments down below, and I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Also, one more thank you to our sponsor of this video, Alien Stake Pool. Thank you so much. The link will be down below.